Chapter Five of Geoffrey the Knight and the Fair Brunissande by Jean Bernard Marie Lafont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Castle of the Leper. The knight had rode for great part of the day beneath the rays of a most burning sun, and horse and rider both alike fatigued when he beheld a young and handsome squire running towards him at the greatest speed rent was his garment even to his waist and on he came with madness in his looks tearing by handfuls his fair curling hair scarce did he make out geoffrey from afar when he exclaimed fly fly brave knight fly quickly from this spot and that thou choosest not to lose thy life and wherefore so fair friend asked Dovon's son fly for the love of god say i nor lose thou further time art thou then shorn of sense exclaimed the knight such counsel to propose when i behold no foe ah cried the squire then he comes he's there nor think i in a year to cure the fright that he hath caused me he hath slain my lord a knight of price who was conducting to his castle home his lady wife a norman count's most noble daughter this wretch hath seized the bride and to myself has caused such dire fear that every limb still trembles at the shock and is't because thou fearest asked sir geoffrey red with rage thou counsellest flight to me by holy faith i hold thee fool and worse as he spoke thus a leper came in sight who sped along a child within his arms its wretched mother with dishevelled hair followed with piercing cries when she beheld the knight she knelt down at his feet and in a tone of agony exclaimed mercy my lord o oh mercy for the love of heaven grant me help and get me back the child yon leper bears woman responded geoffrey wherefore takes he it my lord because it is his wicked will had he no other cause no by your glorious sire since it is thus quoth geoffrey he is wrong and i will try to win it back for you he spurred at once his horse she following and cried aloud with all the strength he had halt leprous wicked wretch and bring thou back the child the leper turned his head and raised his hand making the mark of scorn which so enraged the knight he swore the insult deeply to avenge the hideous leper answered with a laugh for he had reached the threshold of his door he darted in for refuge followed full speed by geoffrey who dismounting from his horse which with his lance he left to the poor dame dashed through the castle gates with sword in hand and shield upon his arm as he was traversing the castle through which he found vast and sumptuous to the view he came into a hall where a huge leper frightful to behold had cast upon a couch a damsel in first youth whose beauty in that age could scarce be matched her cheek was fresher than an opening rose at break of day and her torn vesture half betrayed a bosom snowy white her eyes were bathed in tears her words despair and sobs moved geoffrey's soul but when the leper rose and seized his club such feelings changed to horror and surprise he was in height more tall than knightly lance and at the shoulders was two fathoms broad his arms and hands were huge his fingers crooked and full of knots his cheeks were spread with pustules and with scales a broken pupil eyes without lids but with vermilion edged blue lips and yellow teeth made up the portrait of this monster dread 
Fiercer than living coal he flew on Joffrey, bidding him straight to yield. No, certes, the knight replied. Say who in evil hour sent thee here? No one. And pray what seekest thou? A child that from its mother hath been torn by leprous hands, which must give up their prey. Vain fool! Tis I forbid, I by whose mace thy fate shall now be sealed. Better for thee thou hadst not risen the morn, since thou shalt now for ever lay thee down. His club he raised in uttering these words, and on the shield of Joffrey then let fall so fierce a blow, the knight went reeling to the ground. Again that club was raised, but Joffrey rose and fled. Certes he had cause to flee the stroke he saw impending, for that huge mass of iron as it fell made the vast hall to tremble. Then Joffrey with a bound before the leper stood, and with firm hand dealt him in turn a blow which took a palm from off his raiment and the flesh behind. Seeing his blood which fast began to stream, the giant uttered first a fearful cry, then ran at Joffrey, raising his knotted club with both his hands. Scarce could the youthful knight evade the stroke and leap behind a column. The monster struck it with such dire strength. The massive iron crushed the marble plinth, and all the castle groaned. Meanwhile the damsel fervently prayed heaven as humbly on the blood-stained stone she knelt. O mighty Lord, who in thy image didst great Adam make, thou who hast done so much to save us all, thou save me from this wretch, and let yon knight withdraw me from his hand. Her orison scarce o'er, Joffrey stepped out, and ere the giant could again his heavy club let fall, he, with his trenchant blade, had severed his right arm. Being thus lopped, the monster in his wrath and agony so loudly groaned, the palace trembled to its very base, and shook the outer air. In vain did Joffrey dodge his falling mace, it struck him to the ground, so that from nostrils, eyes and mouth, the purple stream burst forth. The mace, in falling on the marble flags, now break in twain, which Joffrey seeing, he uprose in haste, and newly struck the leper. At the knee-joint he aimed, the monster reeled, then fell like some great tree. Prone as the leper lay, Joffrey ran up, his sword in air, and said, Methinks that peace will soon be made twixt you and me. Then, letting fall his sword with both his hands, he clove the monster's head e'en to the teeth. In the convulsions of his agony still fiercely strove the wretch, and with his foot hurled him so madly gainst the distant wall. Sir Joffrey fell deprived of sound and sight. His trembling hand no longer clutched his sword, like ruby wine from nostrils and from mouth burst forth his blood, and motion made he none. For an instant's space the damsel thought her champion was gone. In grief she hastened to undo the straps which bound his polished cask. The freshness drawing from his breast to sigh, she ran for water, and his face she bathed. His senses half returned. He staggered up, and thinking still to hold his trusty blade, he struck the damsel deeming her the foe, to such effect that both rolled on the ground. Like madman, then he sped around the hall, and ran behind a column, where he crouched and trembled neath his shield. Twas there the damsel came, and in a voice of dulcet tone she said, Brave knights, come, 
ope again those manly eyes and see who tis that speaks forget ye what is due to chivalry of which you are a lord your courage and your fame recall yourself and lower that bright shield behold the leper's dead geoffrey recovered at this heartening speech and finding his head bare damsel he asked who hath removed my casque and taken my good sword myself good lord whilst you were in a swoon the giant what doth he bathed in his blood and at your feet he lies geoffrey looked up and when the corpse he saw thus shattered and quite still he slowly rose and sat him on a bench until his senses were again restored then when the dizziness had fled his brain he thought upon the mother and the child and straightway ran from hall to hall to search the infant out but though he sought and ran and called aloud neither the leper nor the child appeared i will yet search and search he then exclaimed or here or out the door they must be found for i'll not hold me at a denier's worth till to the mother her poor child's restored and i've had vengeance for that leper's scorn with such resolve he strode towards the door but though the portal was thrown open wide he could not pass it through spite of his will his efforts and his strength his feet seemed stopped before an unseen bar good heaven he said what am i then entranced he drew him back and gathering for a spring with wondrous force he bounded to the door still all was vain he could not cross the sill again and yet again he tried till deep discouragement iced o'er his heart then tears broke from his eyes and murmuring alas good lord he said thou gavest me strength to kill yon wicked wretch what boots it if i here must captive be twas as he thus bemoaned his adverse fate there broke upon his ear from some nigh place a sound of infant tongues which sadly cried save us oh save us mighty lord swift at the sound he roused his spirit up and running found at one end of a hall a close-shut door fast bolted from within geoffrey called out and struck it with great noise yet answer none was made enraged at this he burst it in with force and with his naked blade entered a gloomy vault there was the leper found with knife in hand whose seven infants had just put to death some thirty more there still remained alive whose bitter cries went through the softened soul touched at the frightful sight geoffrey struck down the wretch who called his master's help and then in wrath exclaimed thy master villain can no answer make his soul this earth hath fled and thou for erstwhile making mock of me shalt thou thy meed receive raising meanwhile his arm the leper's hand he severed at a blow the wretch upon the blood-stained pavement rolled then crawling to his feet he humbly cried mercy good knight in god's name pity me and take not quite my life twas by constraint and force i killed these babes my lord who sought to cure his leprosy bade me with awful threats each day prepare a bath of human blood thy life i'll grant quoth geoffrey to him then and that thou give me means to leave this place i can the leper said but had you now deprived me of my life not knowing of the spell a hundred thousand years had rolled their course 
and yet not seen you free haste thee then now quoth geoffrey eagerly sir knight the man with shining face replied you still have much to bear such is the fashion of this castle's spell my lord my lord alone could power grant to such as hither came to cross the threshold but never did they pass it in return save dead or maimed how then wilt thou succeed said geoffrey spy you on top of yonder casement high a marble head yea by my faith and then lo reach it down and break it fair in twain you thus destroy the charm but first your armour carefully put on for when the spell is o'er these castle walls will crumble into dust trusting not wholly to the leprous wretch geoffrey then bound him by the feet and arms and to the damsel thus confided him if he hath lied said he spare not his life then he resumed his helm took down the marble head whose shape was fair and cunningly devised and setting it near him on a wooden bench discharged on it with his sword so great a blow he clove it clean in twain sudden it shrieked it moaned it bounded up hissing and growling as a thunderbolt whilst the vexed elements at once unchained and beam and stone at war with frightful din came crushing over geoffrey vainly his shield was raised to guard his head heaven's face was darkened o'er an awful storm where wind and lightning strove bursting with ruin mid the ambient air had borne the night away but for his orison to heaven's king huge clouds of dust rose upwards to the skies while a fierce wind in passing swept away the last memorial of the magic work of castle naught remained bowed down and scarce himself did geoffrey move his limbs bowed down and bruised and tottering dragged he some steps then fell the maid the slave and mother with her child who had sought refuge neath the huge rock's vault found him at length outstretched upon the turf his strength exhausted and quite motionless say then good night the damsel smiling spoke how fares it with you now i have no bruise that's perilous nor mortal wound replied the knight but such this latter strife i find indeed i sadly lack repose the damsel then embraced him with her arms and pressed her lips upon his eyes and mouth when geoffrey saw the mother woman he said hast thou regained thy child i have my lord thanks be it told to you and it be so proceed then to carlisle with this fair damsel babes and leper all there i must beg you go king arthur thank from geoffrey Dovon's son and tell him of this fight thus speaking he uprose drew to his fancy his good horse's girths and having consigned his friends to heaven's care resumed his quest of tola albeit twas now with measured steps and slow for this dread battle had worn out his strength having obtained her mantle and her horse the maid set out from thence at the like hour and with her went the leper and the rest nor stayed she on the way but only stopped when she had reached fair carlisle's lofty towers there all regarded her with wonderment whence can proceed they said this strange cortege whence come these people and what want they here 
the curious crowd followed that damsel fair up to the castle gates and there the knights who noble escort made led her with all her troop before the king there bended she her knee and as a dame of gentle breeding spoke may he the lord of all and of all things who in his hands doth justly hold the keys of good and ill increase your fame and keep in glory the knights of your round table and said the worthy king may heaven save you sweet damsel who are fair and good as courteous and well-bred sire from geoffrey d'avon's son i come to thank you for my life which to his mighty valour do i owe i am the daughter of the count passant whose name perchance hath reached your royal ear a knight of high esteem who sought adventure to display his worth brought me from normandy to these fair shores for seven long months by valley and by hill we wandered on full many a snare escaping and without check full many a weary fight this land did hold alas a giant dread of hideous aspect and of awful strength eaten with leprosy and fearful sores whose thought doth make my very soul to heave before us suddenly this wretch appeared and taking from his neck a monstrous club struck at my lord with force so terrible he stunned him with the blow like as a child then clutching at his arm against a rock he fractured every bone whilst me he seized from off my palfrey's back and to this magic castle quickly bore there i had lost my life yea more than life but that high heaven whose justice i implored in mercy sent sir geoffrey to my aid this doughty knight at length the monster slew but ne'er can i with greater truth aver such battle never did these eyes behold or blows so great e'er given and received the mother and the handless leper told their tale in turn but whilst they thus their message each relates we will to geoffrey go who onward still his course doth slowly take without he yet a single soul descried who could give tidings of the man he sought end of chapter five